What is up, good people? Happy Friday. Made it through another week. Uh, this is Side Piece Season, the number one Side Piece podcast in the world. So this is the most horny music I could find. Um, and I wanted to use it because what I really wanted to use was salt and pepper. Let's talk about sex. But, you know, I don't know, copyrights, all that kind of stuff. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about the most major ways side piece sex fucks with your life. And in this context, when I say fucks, I don't necessarily mean in a bad way. I mean anything that's going to really drastically shake things up and change it forever. So with that said, let's get into it. The five... Uh, correction, six ways, the six major ways that size B sex fucks up your life. So, number one, violence. Okay, so this one's a gimme. You're talking about emotions um, being very powerful and, and emotional rage might just be the most powerful thing that you got going out there as far as the destructive force. So, depending on the dynamics and the, the individual's temperament, you're playing with a lot of fire. Maybe even lava. Like, it, this is going to be potentially catastrophic. There's no shortage of uh, dead, imprisoned, arrested, hospitalized, like, maimed and permanently scarred people for life. Or oh, just battered and bruised people. Um, it, it, there's a lot of damage that can come from this. Um, your pattern uh, just might be to start drama. You might just love drama. And it's tempting to say, you know who you are, but a lot of people that are in this pattern uh, don't know who they are, and then they're playing with this fire, and then they get caught unaware uh, and don't realize that something really bad's going to happen. Um, so whether you view the potential violence as a little spice to break up your boredom, or you just love the attention, whether it's negative or not, or you're totally oblivious to the fact that you are playing around with people's emotions and not everybody's going to take that calmly. You're rolling the dice. Number two is death. If number one was violence, number two has to be death, right? I mean, they go hand in hand. So I'm going to get my nurse hat on here for a second. The human body is miraculous. It's resilient, uh, but it's also fragile. It's kind of like a Ferrari, right? It's built to this really, really high standard. But the problem with something that's built well-designed and well-crafted and well-built is that the tolerances are tight. When you get outside of that norm, and for us, the norm is homeostasis, um, shit breaks down fast. So add to that the built-in fragility and the ability that humans have to make war on one another. Look at all the weapons we make. Guns, knives, bombs, missiles, aircraft carriers, like tanks, we make all of these crazy things, uh, but we can also just use about anything as a weapon, baseball bats, a butter knife, like a pen, whatever. We just have this innate ability to attack. So with that in mind, let's paint a quick scenario. If I go out and push somebody because he makes me mad, and he stumbles and falls back and can't really protect himself and lands just the wrong way and hits his head. He could end up with a head bleed that ends up killing him. In the hospital, we'd call that a subdural hematoma. It's not really that important for you to know that, but that's the, the, the medical term for it. Um, what is important to know is that there was no special weaponry there. That's just me pushing somebody. They lose their balance. They fall. They hit their head on the ground. Um, everything just lines up just right. And now they're dead. 
hence what I said before with the death in the prison, like, you know, like for, from the violence, it doesn't really take this huge, amazing act of violence. Anything can turn into something major. Also, uh, in the death spectrum, uh, are a couple of sexually transmitted infections used to be called STDs. Um, first HIV AIDS. And I know what you're thinking. Magic didn't die. He's still alive. Well, magic is also rich. And uh, there's a lot, management for that is just a lot better these days than it used to be in the beginning. Um, most of you guys weren't around when people were dropping dead left and right. Um, the meds are better. The management's better. Um, but even with that, if you go to the HIV.gov website in 2020, globally, 690,000 people approximately died from AIDS. So people are still dying from it. It's not, they didn't cure it despite what people are saying. They, they did not cure it. It's just they can manage it a lot more successfully. Um, and then, you know, there's other ones like syphilis. Untreated syphilis will kill you. Um, I think probably I'm just going to have to do a, a side piece science on STIs because I think a lot of people don't know about them, which is weird, but I think it's true. So we're going to get into that. Um, number three, the number three most major way that size B sex fucks with your life is children. So, side piece babies are a thing. Hell, you're listening to one right now. And children need both parents. It's, it's the facts. It's the goal standard. Two well-adjusted parents is the goal standard. And before you start, no, I don't think that single fathers are capable of raising a child better than a single mother. And no, I don't think that same-sex couples should not be allowed to raise children. Stop the fuckery. I said what I said, not what you felt. Well-adjusted heterosexual couples are the gold standard, the normative standard. Um, it is what it is. doesn't mean that's the only way it works. It just means that's the gold standard. Um, there's a gaggle of nuns that are about to start high-fiving right now because I'm about to say that barring sexual sterilization, oral sex, anal sex... The only thing that is 100% guaranteed to prevent pregnancy is abstinence. Okay, maybe they aren't high-fiving because of the whole oral anal thing, but generally speaking, they get it. They get what I'm saying. Um, any fertilized egg uh, can be handled in only a finite amount of ways. So if you bring that baby to term, you can abandon it, right? You can give it up for adoption, Um you can have an abortion if it's legal wherever you are, or even if it's not, people have different ways to do that. And then there's raising the child. All of these are shitty options if you're not ready for them. Um, and for the child's standpoint, if the kid knows or feels unwanted, you've opened a whole case of issues up for them to deal with. So does an unwanted pregnancy always end poorly? Of course not. It can be great for the persons involved, all of them man, woman, and children, excuse me, but it's just a layer, you've added a layer, you're making things a little bit more complicated, if this was the Olympics, this would be raising the difficulty, the level of difficulty, just a, just a notch, or two, or ten, um, so again, it's fucking up your life, not because it's destroying it, just it's giving you a challenge, something that can be, something that gives you strength, of course, um, Number four, hatred. Running wild in the streets and just not caring and, and 
throwing people's feelings and emotions to the side uh, can cause a lot of hate and negativity. No newsflash there. But where will it come from and where will it be directed? When you're out there in lone wolf mode, um, it should come as no surprise that someone you played can come to think of you as a manipulative asshole. But what about self-generated hatred, self-loathing, self-directed hatred is real. If you are raised in the Judeo-Christian way and find yourself, uh, you know, taken by the joys of the flesh, you uh, may be hating on yourself for that. Uh, And I'm not talking like about slut shaming uh, because to slut shaming, I kind of say, meh. If you're doing what you want to do and feel good about doing what you want to do, nobody can shame you. So if you feel shame, you need to analyze that and sort that out on your own. But if you were raised in the church or synagogue or whatever, um, and you find yourself, like I said, out here in the streets doing all these uh, side piece activities, um, or or even if it's not side piece activities, you're just having sex out of wedlock. Uh, You know that's frowned upon. You're going to feel a certain kind of way. And maybe that self-hatred that you feel or that self-loathing that you feel is a way of you for you to punish yourself. You know, there's, there's these things manifest in all kinds of weird ways. Um, but the hatred, the hatred, it's not just what you generate against others or from others. It's also something that you could generate in yourself. Um, now cue the salt and pepper you know, let's talk about sex in your mind. This wouldn't be side piece season if I didn't talk about the good things. So number five, eh, number five is kind of a 50, 50 could be good or, or bad, depending on how you see it, but it's improving your sexual IQ. This one, uh, is major. It's going to change pretty much everything. It's good and bad. And chances are, if you're having side piece sex, it's just pure sex, right? There's no expectations. And at least in the beginnings, there's no ulterior motives. Or I mean, they, there could be for, for one of you, but generally speaking, not necessarily for both. Uh, tons of physical passion. If there's uh, magic to side piece relationships, it's that. The, the pure, unadulterated fun of sex. Having sex for sex sake. Um, it's one of the pillars of life. It's a great thing. We're sexual beings. And you can really level up your sexual skills. Because you're going to come in here doing it the way you do it, but your ego is not going to be engaged in the same way it would be in your home relationship. So with this different engagement in your ego, you're not going to be as close to critiques. You're not worried about their critiques. If they tell you, hey, I don't like it like that, you're not giving it to me quite the right way, you're going to say, oh, what way do you like it? And you're going to give it to them that way. And by doing that and that openness that you're going to have, which you don't have to have just in a side piece relationship, you could have in any relationship, you're going to be better. You're going to become a better lover. So that is um, all by the fact that you're approaching the situation from a sexual standpoint. So you're eliminating the fragility of your ego and you're being comfortable to ask for what you want and go after what you want. Now that's the gold standard of sex, just period. It just so happens that it tends to manifest a lot inside peace relationships. So how does this fuck things up? If it's so good, if it's the gold standard, well, one, 
you're having that fire sex as a side piece. Then you go back home to your mediocre to occasionally good sex. How does that play out? You think that's going to work out? You think that's not going to make you feel a certain kind of way? You could break the pattern. You could be like, wow, if I find out more about what they like and I let them know more about what I like, I could take things to a higher level. Or more commonly, you stay in the same rut that you were always in for whatever reason, but now secretly you have this grudge. You're like, this is bullshit. This is whack-ass sex. I hate this. And it's another stumbling block. It could go either way. It's a 50-50 thing. Um, So improving your sexual IQ, uh, this is one of the big reasons why the church is so into monogamy, right? If you have nothing to compare your partner to, then you just get what you get and you don't fret, right? Uh, On paper, it makes sense. But if the sex ended up being trash and you grew to dislike or even hate it, that's a big part of the human experience that you're missing out on. And that's going to have ripples and ramifications and manifest in different ways. So, um, yeah, everybody should improve their sexual IQ. Um, and to just have sex with one person doesn't improve your sexual IQ necessarily. And to only have sex with one person doesn't necessarily limit your sexual IQ. The key is checking that ego, being open and looking for it to be the beautiful gift that it is. Number six. Number six is on the list, but it's not something that I could guarantee you you would have, and that is clarity. So, in this side piece relationship, so this is a side piece relationship thing. This is not going to come from just side piece sex, like random, just ho-hopping, right? This is like you kind of slipped up, tripped up, and now this is actually a thing. This relationship is running lateral to your relationship, The clarity comes kind of as an indirect benefit, right? You can't plan for it. It just happens when you're ready. Um, As you go through your side piece thing, certain relationships and human dynamics just kind of reveal themselves to you. Ideally, it's mostly things about you um, because that gives you the most traction. But you can learn a lot just about relationships and people in general. And that clarity that you gain, if you use it, if you act on it and implement it into your life... You're going to get a lot out of that. I'm going to tell you some of the things that I got, but not this episode. Oh, no, not so fast. Good listener. We're going to get into that down the line, but I definitely got some clarity. Some of my greatest insights are going to be exposed in future episodes, but that is it. You have been listening to Side Piece Season, the number one Side Piece podcast in the world. Um, I'm your host, Dinero. I probably didn't introduce myself because I figured you all knew me by now, but if you didn't, There it is. Um, I'm out of here. I do this every Friday. Um, So you guys have a great Friday. Awesome weekend. Fantastic day. Remember to appreciate every day because you're not guaranteed to see the next hour. Facts. Hard facts, but true facts. Go out there. Get them. Make it good. Have a great day.